Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled. And Got a fantasy question? Email fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, we are into Fantasy Week 21, and we've got hitters and pitchers for you to add. We've got to look at the most out of this. You know what we do on Mondays. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Baseball today. Hope you had a glorious weekend. I'm Adam Azer. Here with Mr. Scott White at CBS Scott White. Why am I giving out Twitter handles? I don't know. Hey, Scott. Hey, Adam. You should follow me on Twitter. I do. If you're out there listening and don't already. I, fo- I do. So that's why you're giving out my Twitter handle. Yeah. I am at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. And making his way back to the podcast is Heath Cummings. We haven't heard from him in a little while. At Heath Cummings Senior, at Heath Cummings SR on, CB- on uh, Twitter. Hi, Heath. Hey, Adam. How was your weekend? Oof, I did the flex draft for fantasy football. Yeah. It was so, I did such a terrible job. Like, yeah, such well, so, a terrible job. So, so you, job. it was a, it was an Adam Azer draft? No, I, it was my first super flex ever. It was, you know, it was not, uh, that's a topic for a different show. Terrible job. <laughs> and even the projections had me doing terribly, so there's that. Uh, other than that, it was a very nice weekend. I am halfway through the documentary The Staircase. Have you guys seen it? No. Nope. Unbelievable. Is it a true crime yes. documentary? I love those. It's amazing. Probably it, my favorite kind of documentary. I have tra- I have changed my mind on innocence and guilt so many times and I, I and I'm only halfway through so nobody spoil it. All right. One hitter <laughs> to add. One hitter to add. Heath Cummings, who's it's going to who's it's going to who's it's going to who's who's uh, who, who who is it, Heath? <laughs> What in the world is going on with you? Uh, three hours of sleep. Rough night last night. That, that is, that was rough. Um, yeah. I, you know, I gave a couple names in the pre-show. I'm going to go with the guy I actually did add though. I'll go with Harrison Bader. I really like the matchups this week, trying to pull those up to say exactly what they are, but they are fantastic. And listen, it was tough. I have a couple different leagues where I, didn't necessarily like my hitting options, had some five game guys and wanted to go add somebody else. Bader and Grichik were the two outfielders that I added. Oh yeah, I added Grichik mm. too. I'm not sure I'm going to start him, but I added him uh, as a bench spot in one league. Scott, you have a hitter for us to add? Yeah, I am getting more interested in Malik Smith, who continues to play for the Rays, continues to bat lead off for the Rays. Uh, has had a very aggressive month stealing bases, which, you know, top 10 in stolen bases, that alone's enough to own him in a roto league. But you look at his point production from the last couple weeks, it's scoring a lot of points. If he continues to bat leadoff and he continues to run, that's going to remain true. He's only 54% owned. I think that could stand to go up maybe 20%. All right. So that is Malik Smith. And then I, I was going to talk about another Ray that, that juggernaut of a lineup, the Tampa Bay Rays, Willie Adamas is batting toward the bottom of the order, but he went two for four with an RBI on Sunday. Entering Sunday, he was having a great August, batting 394 with two home runs and three steals and two doubles. Um, so Willie Adamas is getting it going a little bit. He is 24% owned. Does anybody have interest in Willie Adamas? I have... If if you're beyond the point where Cattell Marte is owned, because Cattell Marte has been in that 50 to 60 no man's land for weeks, even though he's been like a top five shortstop since the beginning of June. So if Cattell Marte has gone, then I could think about adding Willie Adamas, sure. All righty. How about a pitcher to add? Scott, I'll go to you first. Who's a pitcher to add? Well, I was scooping up Herman Marquez this weekend everywhere I could find him. He's still available in a third of CBS Sports Leagues. Obviously, two starts coming up this week, both on the road. And I think we may be looking at a breakthrough for him. He made a slight tweak to his mechanics, really just been figured out how to be more consistent with his mechanics. And it's helping his curveball play up in a way that's generating a ton of swinging strikes. And the rest of the numbers are falling in line. So Herman Marquez, I think, should be must-own at this point. It's only owned in two-thirds of CBS Sports Leagues. Herman Marquez. All right, Heath, how about you? Give me a pitcher to add. 
couple of weeks ago, I think I poo-pooed on the idea of starting Tyler Glass now. I said start him Glass later. Well, now it's Glass later. He went five innings in his most recent start. He's up to 79 pitches. I think like, he's at 45% owned. I expect he's just going to keep working his way up, up, up in those innings and pitch count totals and be very valuable in the last month of the season. Yeah, but, because I did have him as my pitcher to add too, but there is a but, right? There's always a but. There's always a but. Well, there's always a but. Yeah. At Boston this week. Well, you know, I didn't say, you didn't say give me a pitcher to start. <laughs> okay. No, I'm adding him. I, I'm adding, uh, Tyler Glass now everywhere that, if, unless I already had, which was the case after his previous start. Um, yeah. but, uh, six strikeouts in five innings in this start against, at Toronto. I'm not starting him this all, week at Boston. All three of his starts for the Rays have been one run on two hits. And it's been like an increase in inning every time. The, the thing I'll point out about this most recent start Sunday is that he threw 60% of his pitches for strikes, which was about where he was with the Pirates. It was closer to 70% his first two starts. Now, I mean, 70% is really I, high, right? Yeah, 70% is really high, 60% is low. Um, now, it, you know, it's it's hard to make anything of that by itself, especially since it was a good start. I'm, it's not like I canceled my claims for him based on that, but mm-hmm. just want to point, just want to throw it out there. Sure. Yeah. Always something to monitor with Tyler Glass now. All right. So let's say you want a, a one start streamer. It's time for Scott White's favorite section. Tell me how you <laughs> feel about starting these guys this week. Kyle Gibson against Detroit, 76% owned. Start him. Yep. Yeah. That's an easy one. Kevin Gossman right. coming off a great start, eight strikeouts in eight innings with one run um, against Milwaukee. He gets the Marlins this week, and two of his next three starts are against the Marlins if he stays on turn. But you never know with the Braves, so that you know it's a little risky with Gossman. Sixty-eight percent own. Are you going to start Gossman against Miami? It, it's not going to be a top priority, but it. I wouldn't have a problem with it. The, Gosman's available in a couple of my, my leagues. Like you said, 68% owned, and I wanted to add him, but I just couldn't find a spot for him, so obviously I'm not starting him in those leagues. Uh, and I could see a scenario where I just have too many good pitchers, too many two-start options to start Gosman. But I mean, I haven't, starting. haven't we all learned that any time uh, Kevin Gosman looks this good and looks unhittable, he's just figured things out and you don't have anything to worry about anymore? I mean, I keep pointing back to the final 19 starts he had last season where he was basically uh Lance McCullers I guess that's who he was uh high over 10 strikeouts per 9 low 3 ZRA with about around 1.2 so I think he could get back to that I think it's possible all right Gosman against the Marlins how about Clay Buckholtz at San Diego no no. Okay. How about Matt Boyd at Minnesota? He has faced Minnesota three times this year. He's allowed one or two earned runs in all three of those starts in only four, only five, and then six innings finally. But that was actually his last start. It was on Sunday. Six innings, three runs. He gets the Twins again this week. Matt Boyd, 53% out. I saw on Friday four different fantasy baseball analysts uh Talk about how much they like Matt Boyd. It was all part of the same thread, but still, I don't get it. I don't get the Matt Boyd enthusiasm. His velocity's up a little. That's one thing they point to. It hasn't really impacted the effectiveness of his pitches, so I'm not sure why it matters. He still had a lot of Babbitt luck and had a lot of home run luck, and I would rather not place my trust in him unless it was a two-start week, and it's not. Yeah, I, I started him last week on two starts and it worked out okay because one of those starts was good. I think what it comes down to here, like, you don't have a great pitching staff if you are considering one start streamers. Correct. So I will, I, I would much rather start Kyle Gibson. I would rather start Kevin Gosman. I would start Boyd over Buckles though. And then the last one, I don't know if you're interested in this one, Jake Junis at the White Sox this week. He, he last just starts been good. Yeah, he recently faced the White Sox and he gave up four runs in five and two thirds. Thirty one percent. His biggest problem this year has been the long ball. And I don't know if at Chicago in August is the best place for a guy that struggled with that. So I, I'm I would rather start Boyd than Junis, I'd rather start Junis than Buckholtz. So Fair I, enough. I got a playoff spot on the line in the podcast league. Uh bad 
bad luck last week. This two-start streaming approach worked last week for me. I started Wei Yin Chen. I started Matt Boyd. Uh, I started Junk. And I scored, I think, the second most points, and I lost the week. Um, but this <laughs> week, you know what? I've been lucky most of the year, so I can't complain. This week, this is my pitching staff. Zach Godley, Zach Wheeler. They both have good matchups. They've both been great. The Zach's, Zach Attack. Zach Attack plus Matt Boyd. Two start Brad Keller, two start Reynaldo Lopez. So there are some Best teams out there. Yeah, there are some teams out there that need one start streamers. Um, good luck to you all. Yeah, I I, tr- yeah. I tried to add Reynaldo Lopez in a different league, and I was beat to him. Someone else added Reynaldo Lopez, and I couldn't get him for a two start week because his matchups are phenomenal. Kansas City and at Detroit, yeah, he stinks though. Uh, this is not going to work well for me. Brad Keller, on the other hand, might. Toronto and at the White Sox. But um, wish me luck, everybody. I am going to need it. All right, the big news. Mike Trout is on the DL with a wrist injury. Now, I needed to clarify something that a couple of emailers, listeners brought to my attention. I said it was a head-first slide. It was not. It was a feet-first slide, and he hurt his wrist. What? Yes. You can't hurt yourself on a feet-first slide. That's what I thought all along. That's what I thought. But no, not true. You can. <laughs> Um, okay, this, file this one under this sucks. Kenta Maeda and Ross Stripling are going to the bullpen. And it seems yeah. more permanent for Maeda, although he yeah. could get saves. But I knew it when I traded for him. I knew this was a possibility, and it is, it has happened. Maeda's oh, we got to expect this going forward, because I ha- I didn't realize this. I had it pointed out to me on Twitter and verified it. Um there are incentives in his contract yeah. tied to number of innings and number of starts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the cheap approach is to move him to the bullpen when he starts to come close to that. And so that, I think, is how the Dodgers are going to handle him for as long as they have the rotation depth that they have anyway. Uh, so that stinks. And, it, you know, because I was wondering, because he's actually really good the third time through the order, Kinta Maeda. His numbers are really good, as good as the first two times through the order. So it, I wondered why this kept happening to him, and apparently that's why. Uh, Dave Roberts said Stripling probably will get another chance. He's deserved it. So I wouldn't drop Stripling, but Maeda, I guess there's a chance he could factor into the saves mix with, uh, with Jansen out a month, but unless saves are, you know, it, unless, if, if saves aren't super scarce in your league, then you could probably drop them. Here's the thing I don't like about this whole situation. First off, it, like, Pulling him out of the rotation because you're going to have to pay him more money when you signed a contract with him saying if you make this many starts and we control your starts, you're going to get more money. That's crap. Yeah. That's so, not, uh, that's not in the spirit of the incentive. No. Clause, and then right? second, the statement of Maeda is going to stay there, but Stripling should be back. He's earned it. Kenta Maeda's earned it. He's been phenomenal <laughs> this year. Stop well, being he a wasn't jerk. An all, he wasn't Maeda. an all-star like Stripling. Stripling's been even better, but I, yeah, I mean, Maeda would be starting for, I'm sure. I don't know, 27, 28 of the other teams. I mean, here's the thing. I'm officially cheering for the Dodgers to miss the playoffs. Here's the, here's <laughs> the thing. Well, okay. You're right. It does stink that they do that to Maeda, but they, they are, you know, I believe right up against the like super luxury tax and they needed yeah. to reset. Oh, no, I, I'm just saying. Little I'm, small, small market LA. I'm just saying. Can't pay too much money. Also, when you say Maeda's been phenomenal right now, that is a little bit of like fantasy an analyst speak because he's got a 380 ERA and a 1275 WHIP. That's not phenomenal, but he has a 327 FIP and he's he's better than his numbers. So personally, from a from a fantasy standpoint, I think he's going to be a great sleeper next year. I'm not sure. Wow. Well, I, I until mean, until August, right? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but. But he's better than his numbers. Unfortunately, the entire industry is going to be all over him in that regard. But right now he's a sleeper until everyone else calls him a sleeper. But um, and then yeah, I, the thing about Jansen being out a month, like I uh, I did not go to I went I, I went to med school. Let's just say that. Like, how can anybody diagnose him with a timetable right now? Just because it's been kind of like that in the past. Like, I have they said there's no timetable, but whether it's a month or, or longer, you know, might just got a chance for some saves. So I wouldn't drop him just yet. But yeah, like Scott said, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I d- even if like I don't see him just becoming the closer. Right, right. Maybe it happens, but I think it would be part of a mix. 
And Alex, can, can we go, can we rewind for just one second about my med school thing? No, oh. no. Back to when I gave a picture to start. I want to give one more real quick. Oh, okay. And it's important. I want it to be towards the top. <laughs> okay. Because this is somebody that I picked up, and it's Jaime Berea. Oh, that's uh, why. Two starts at the Padres and against the Rangers, and he's been pretty good lately. I f- I fear the Rangers a little bit. They're tough. They've been hot. Yeah, they've been hot. I think for sure. I think if I'm gonna go budget two start pitcher, I'd go Keller. Uh, yeah, the, now the Yankees actually, like, Lance Lynn pitched well against the Rangers, CeCe Sabathia pitched well against the Rangers, Tanaka certainly did not. So I was a little surprised by that. Maybe they're not as good as I thought, I don't know, but yeah, they've been, they've been good. And the Padres, like, if we believe it all in Framil Reyes, if we believe it all in Will, in, um, in Hunter Renfro, and Will Myers is coming back this week, are they well, still such an no, easy matchup? No, I don't. I mean, saying you believe, I, I don't believe it all. I mean, I'm hopeful that Fran Reyes and Hunter Renfro are making themselves into something, but to say I, you know, I believe it all is going too far. Yeah, okay. Uh, Trevor Bauer was hit by a comebacker, but uh, he should be fine. Justin Bohr. Are we uh, dropping Justin Bohr now that he's on the Phillies? Yep. Yeah, he's a pinch hitter. Extraordinaire. May steal occasional starts from Santana, but he did it over the weekend, right? Santana started no, every game. Almost positive. Shohei Otani yeah. threw a bullpen session, and uh, what I saw yesterday was maybe mid to late September for Otani. So you, can, you know, it's uh, super helpful. Yeah, exactly. Tyler Skaggs back on the DL, super helpful. And I am going to start Nolan Arenado. How about you guys? He's got a couple of American League Park games coming up, so he can DH there. He's pinch hit on Saturday and Sunday. He's got a shoulder injury that's affecting his fielding. What do you guys think about starting Arenado? Hmm. Yeah, it, it would probably have to be a pretty shallow league for me not to start him. Right. Okay. And finally, Edwin Encarnacion is on the DL with a biceps injury. We did get a number of call-ups over the weekend. Uh, Cedric Mullins for the Orioles, center fielder. The Blue Jays are calling up a lot of players, but not Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who entering Sunday had homered four times in his last four games. But Sean Reed Foley is going to start at Kansas City today, starting pitcher. And they called up catcher Danny Jansen. Uh, also, Casey Kelly could make a start for the San Francisco Giants, and the Astros recalled Kyle Tucker. Scott, who's the uh, most interesting one of them all? Probably Danny Jansen, because I think he'll get the majority of the starts at catcher, and he's a really good plate discipline guy who profiles to hit for average at least. Little pop, too. Uh, Russell Martin's apparently going to pl- be playing a lot of third base. That's right. They have a need at third base, and they're still not calling up Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jan Harvest Salarte just joined Brandon Drury on the DL, so their infield is shorthanded there. So... Martin's going to be joining it, and I think Jansen's going to play a bit. And obviously everybody um, – well, there's there's at least somebody in your league who needs a catcher, even one catcher league, I'm sure. So would you rather have Danny Jansen or Austin Hedges? I would rather take a chance on Jansen, I think. Okay. Heath, anybody else interest you? Cedric Mullins for Baltimore, Sean Reed Foley, Casey Kelly for Toronto and San Francisco, and then Kyle Tucker's back. Well, yeah, I mean, Kyle Tucker is the best player of this group. We don't know. He did not fare well at all in his uh, short cup of coffee earlier, but he went back down to AAA and just started absolutely raking again. I don't expect he's got an opportunity in the first week that he's back to play on a regular basis. But if he gets a spot start and has a good game, it may just start a hot streak, and he may just start the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Scott? Yeah? Do, uh, do, yeah I, do I have your permission to drop Mark Trumbo for Danny Jansen? Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, thank you. Uh Cedric Mullins does look like he's an everyday player with Baltimore. I just question whether he has standard mixed league upside, uh, but certainly deeper leagues, that's somebody you can look into. Sean Reed Foley was considered a big prospect a couple years ago, was terrible last year, has been great again this year with big strikeout rate, ERA below three, and he's starting today. If it goes well, he's a two-star pitcher, and uh, 
and we'll see what happens from there. But there's definitely upside there. It's just always, you know, unless you're talking about Michael Kopech or the tip top of the um, pitcher prospect rankings, I'm, I lean against these guys making an immediate impact in fantasy because there's so many factors working against them in today's environment. I, I do think if I was in one of those situations where I was actually considering starting Clay Buckholtz, I might take the upside of Reed Foley with the matchup against the Royals and the chance of a second start this week. Okay, guys, so let's do some buy or sell. And basically I have some pitchers who performed well over the weekend or performed very poorly over the weekend. And I, I want to know, like, basically right now, are you buying them as as uh, must-starts or – yeah, are you buying them as must-starts or are you selling them? Just let's not get too literal and say, well, I'm not buying. He's not this good, blah, blah, blah. But you know what I mean. In general, buy or sell. Zach, okay. Zach Godley. Zach Godley, buy or sell. Buy. Godley is back and as good as ever. Mm-hmm. He has been – I mean, control was such a big problem for him early on, but he seems to have fixed that. Six of his past seven starts – one walk with six strikeouts or more in all of them. He's been getting a lot of swinging strikes. Not so much in this most recent start, but it's been a long trend of double-digit swinging strikes for him. That curveball seems to be working like it was last year, too, and he's always been a great ground ball pitcher. So I buy him. He's back. Pretty much must start. All right, Zach Godley. Heath, agree? Yes. Question for you guys. When was the last time Zach Godley allowed a home run? May. Round ball pitcher. He probably allowed it in mid-June. Late June. It has been eight straight starts, nine straight appearances, homerless for Zach Godley. Next up. That's great. Derek Rodriguez, buy or sell as a must-start pitcher? I sell that he's a must-start pitcher. He's been, he's been kind of an enigma. He throws a lot of strikes. Uh, and that's, that's allowed him to pitch six plus innings very consistently. But I'm not sure he can continue to avoid hits the way he has. And he's not really much of a strikeout pitcher at all. So I don't, I have questions about how long this is going to last, but obviously it's lasted what, two and a half months now? Derek Rodriguez um, has a 225 ERA and a one whip. Um, I, yeah, Heath. I gotta tell you, if it were earlier in the season, he'd be my favorite sell high candidate right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I want to make sure because, like, we didn't have any expectations for him when he got called up. Mm-hmm. And as the things Scott said are right, but he also has a three point zero eight FIP. Even his ex FIP is only four. And if yeah. you have a pitcher that throws six innings every start and seven innings on occasion. And he has a four ERA and he pitches half of his games in San Francisco. That's a guy that should definitely be on rosters in every league. Here's the problem with that. I, I think that he's been very home heavy. In fact, uh, I know he has seven of his last 10 starts have been at home. And I think he's got mm-hmm. a lot of road starts coming up. If he stays on schedule, he's at Cincinnati, at the Mets, home against Arizona, at Colorado, at Milwaukee. Four of his next five would be on the road. Three of them would be in pretty extreme hitters parks. So that, mm-hmm. actually that is the reason why. Cause, cause I trust Derek Rodriguez at home. I trust mm-hmm. him enough on the road. I think, I mean, he's earned it, but I still think like I would love to see what I could get for him. And sure. I, and yeah. I, I, I actually, I mean, think, I wouldn't leave him, I wouldn't leave him available. Right. That's for sure. Right. Right. I'm not trying to trash um, him. I just, I, th- I don't think he's this good. Well, I mean, he gives up a lot of hard contact. His line drive rate. Is 25.8, which would be elite, top of the line for a hitter, and yet he has a 250 Babbitt. Like that, even if you, even if you say, okay, he really is good, this good at avoiding home runs, which, you know, he's not a ground ball pitcher on the level of a Zach Godley, so he, I feel like he's had some home run luck there contributing to the FIP and everything else. Uh, but just the fact that he gives up so much hard contact, so many line drives, uh, it's it's kind of scary to put too much trust in him. All right, Heath, I'll throw to you in the next one. Sean Newcomb, are you buying or selling right now? I'm still buying. It was not a good start against the Brewers. The Brewers are good. I'm not afraid of him at home against the Rockies. I, there might be – like if he was pitching at Coors, I'm not going to start him. If he was pitching at Boston, I'm not going to start him. 
but that's true for 90% of starting pitchers. Uh, and this was a home start against Milwaukee. He gave up five runs in four innings. He's, he is home against Colorado this week. Scott, buy or sell Sean Newcomb? I sell Sean Newcomb. I just don't think he's enough of a bat misser when push comes to shove, especially since he has control issues. Last one. Heath, I'll start with you. Tanner Roark gave up nine hits yesterday. They were all singles, actually, Saturday. They were all singles. Um, last four starts, he has a 121 ERA, two walks, 27 strikeouts, and 29 and two-thirds, and he's at St. Louis this week. Buy or sell Tanner Roark as a must-start pitcher. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as must-start with Tanner Roark, but I do – like I, he went through a bad stretch. Now he's going through a good stretch. I think he's pretty much Tanner Roark, and I'm starting him more often than not. He seems like this guy whose mechanics get thrown off pretty easily, and then he straightens them out and looks great again. You know, it's it's feast or famine with him, and it seems to be mechanics related. But while he's on a good run like this, seems like somebody to use. Let's look at the bullpen right now. There was a lot. There was a ton of bullpen stuff over the weekend. This was one of those weekends where I feel like almost everything was fantasy relevant. It was like every single box score I went through, the pitching performances in particular in particular, were just interesting, and the bullpen too. All right, Aroldis Chapman has six walks in his last three appearances. He's still the closer, but struggled, you know, got through it, but left the bases loaded on Saturday. Uh, Josh Hader got a save. Hector Rondon still performing... Still being used as the closer. Both he and Ozuna struggled as they got swept by the Mariners this weekend. Uh, meanwhile, in that series, Edwin Diaz recorded four saves in four games. Uh, Scott Alexander. He might break the record. He might. The single season record. He's at 46 now. Uh, Scott Alexander. 62, I believe. Well, why don't we go one by one? All right. Brewers bullpen, Heath. Jer- Jeremy Jeffers did not get the save chance on Friday. It was disappointing. On Saturday, rather. Yeah, I mean, I still think there will be a few moments like this where Hader gets a two-inning save, especially when he's going well. It doesn't really concern me that much. So you still think Jeffress is? Yes. Okay. Um, Scott, Hector Rondon blew a save in the ninth, and then Roberto Ozuna mm-hmm. blew the game in the tenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Hector Rondon blew a save because he allowed a solo home run, which is liable to happen to any pitcher, whether they're going well or poorly. And then the fact that Ozuna pitched the tenth and gave up a run himself took the loss. I don't. I don't think a switch is on the verge of happening here. The Dodgers went crazy on Saturday. Scott Alexander pitched a third of an inning. He struck out Carlos Gonzalez, and then he gave up a double to Trevor Story, and then he was lifted for J.T. Chargois, who gave <laughs> up a home run, and they lost. So they didn't leave Alexander in. He is left-handed, Alexander. They, they brought him in for a lefty. Then he gave up a double for, to a right. They didn't leave him in. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe they will next time after the way this one went. Or maybe they're just going to keep experimenting, and that's how Maeda gets involved. I would not be making a heavy bid on Alexander. I still think he's the front runner. But you wouldn't. would you drop Maeda in a, in a categories league? Well, it just depends on... How available saves are in your league, how much they mean to you. I would rather own Alexander than Maeda if it's, if we're just talking saves. Seth Lugo got a save on Sunday, so now three different Mets have gotten their last three saves. Annoying. <laughs> uh, Drew Steckenrider was used as a closer would be. He struck out the side in a tie game in the ninth on Saturday. He's 12% owned. We believe he's the best guy to own in the Marlins bullpen. Uh, Ryan Matson was pitching kind of through an injury last night, and it wasn't the worst outing until the Grand Slam. It was an infield single, two hit batsmen, and then a walk-off Grand Slam. Very, very exciting finish in that Cubs game, but Matson was pitching through an injury, so that's something to keep an eye on. I, Coda Glover, maybe, uh, if <laughs> Matson gets hurt? I can't even think of what it would be. Uh, dropping like flies. Yeah. I should have been in on that Rodney trade. Uh, Adam Adovino was bad uh, in the eighth inning on Sunday, and Wade Davis pitched the ninth, so it looks like Wade Davis is the closer right now. Trevor Hildenberger got a save for Minnesota. Would he be the guy to own? It was ugly. It was. It was. Uh, Trevor May pitched a scoreless inning before that, so I'd 
I still wouldn't be surprised if he got involved here. Heath Ken Giles, a perfect inning with a strikeout against Tampa Bay. I think it was a perfect inning. Uh, no runs, no hits, no walks. And he still is perfect in save chances. Well, let's hope this is one of those Ken Giles stretches where he makes us overdraft him in 2019. 39% owned. Cody Allen used as the closer this weekend. And Blake Parker got a save. It took about a month, but the Angels finally got a save. <laughs> Parker got it. And then he pitched when they were trailing 8-7 on Sunday in the ninth. Whatever, dude. Most important bullpen development over the weekend. Was there anything that really jumped out? Uh, I think the biggest thing. I think the biggest. Uh, there was beyond this. <laughs> no. I mean, I guess maybe the Brewers and the Rockies and the and the uh, um, Astros situations are the one I'm watching the closest because I think there's the best chance somebody could emerge there who's really exciting in fantasy. Okay. But we covered all of those. Well, this is not fantasy relevant, but it is exciting. Something really cool. We got a new sponsor, and it is Stamps.com. And I can tell you, as I have used Stamps.com, uh, this is a really, really cool service. You don't have to go to the post office anymore. Stamps.com is 24-7. You know the post office closes, and you got to drive to get there? Stamps.com, you can do everything right from your home office, right from your desk, serves over 600,000 small business customers, and it's better than just getting a postage meter, because some of you might have a postage meter, well, this has no long-term contracts and no hidden fees. Stamps.com is more than just stamps. With Stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk. So you can buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package. Like I said, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale so you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. I can I can really tell you this is a very, very cool service. It's so convenient, and I recommend it for any business. If you have to get – if you have a lot of postage, this is a much, much simpler way to get it all done. We got a special offer for you. If you want a four-week trial that includes postage and a digital scale, that is a heck of a deal. And once you, the reason they're giving you such a great deal on Stamps.com is once you use it, you're going to stay with them. Stamps.com and then use the promo code STRIKE on the top of the homepage. What you're going to do is click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in STRIKE. You go to Stamps.com. You click that radio. It says heard us on radio or podcast. Click here. Click on it and type in Strike. S-T-R-I-K-E. Get that four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. Very excited to have Stamps.com as a sponsor. I want to thank Stamps.com for supporting the show. Um, and uh, it's going to help the listeners quite a bit. Fellas, who did you add and drop over the weekend? Heath Cummings. Well, we've talked about most of the guys I added, I think. I definitely added Harrison Bader, added Randall Gritchick. Um, right. struggling to think of. Okay, that works. I added uh, Jaime Berea, who you <laughs> poo pooed. No, I um. Well, he's not that good, is he? He's fine. He's the type of guy you start when he has two starts, and one of them's at the Padres. Heath, I don't really think I can poo poo Jaime Berea when I'm starting Ronaldo Lopez, Matt Boyd, and Brad Keller in the podcast league. So I don't think you can either. Berea it up, <laughs> Scott. Any uh, interesting ad drops for you? I feel like the most interesting one were in weekly leagues where obviously they're they're guys we've been talking about already to add. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I wanted to add Gosman, but Herman Marquez was a higher priority, so he just didn't make it on my rosters. Okay. And I really did take a long look at Malik Smith, like I said at the start of the show. I think even in three outfielder points leagues, he could be surprisingly productive. 54% on Malik Smith, and that brings us to the most added list. Let's look at the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues. Here we go. Uh, Scott Alexander is one. Pedro Strope is two. And Strope is more owned than Alexander. Would you rather own Strope or Alexander? Strope. Strope. Tyler Glass now is three. He's 51% owned now. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez is number five. Ryan Madsen's number four. Uh, there are a lot of closers on this list. So, the three most added starting pitchers are Glass now, who's at Boston. 
Ronaldo Lopez and Jaime Barilla, and those two guys have two starts. Would you start Glass now over either of those two, Lopez or Barilla? Barilla? I would not. I'd rather own Glass now. That wasn't the question, Scott. uh, No, it wasn't the question. Um, No, I I think we're all on the the same page. The problem for Glass now is you can't count on a quality start. He hasn't had, you know, as excited as we've been about the last three, he hasn't gotten to the point here where he can do that. Maybe this next one will be, but, you know, the Red Sox obviously uh, are going to try and keep that from happening. Scott trying so hard to not say that he'd rather start Ronaldo <laughs> Lopez or Jaime Berea. Well, l- listen, I mean, Lopez and Berea, they're the, they're, they're the kind of pitchers I would only start in a points league, two starts or otherwise, just a points league. I expect them to not. You know, I don't want them doing double the damage to my ERA and whip in a categories league. So, uh, I wouldn't need, they wouldn't even be a consideration for me in that format. Yeah. And I'm just going to make a bold prediction and I'm not going to act on it because I'm a hundred percent sitting Tyler Glass now, but I think he's going to have a quality start. I think he's going six innings, two runs at Boston. And, and the only reason I'm saying this is so if it happens, People can be like, hey, good call, Adam. And if it doesn't yeah. happen, I told you to sit him. Yeah. So this is a just-for-fun segment. He's going to go six will, innings, two runs. I will always take a good pitcher over a good lineup. Oh, I don't know about this just, lineup. It's, it's just a question of whether or not you believe Glass now is legitimately as good as he's shown these first three starts to race. And that's still a big question. I'm not sure there are 15 pitchers I'd start at Boston. Well, like, it's the difference between you and me, I guess. I wouldn't start Jose Barrios at Boston. Okay, I would. Because he was like, I think he was okay at Boston. They're just they're so good, they're incredible. They are good. I hate them. I want everyone to know. Really hate them. <laughs> All right, more on the most added list. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Okay, Ryan Zimmerman. Since coming off the DL before Sunday's game. Uh, he's batting 356 with four home runs, five walks, seven strikeouts, six doubles. Everything looks great. That's in 14 games, 11 starts since coming off the DL. Heath, I feel like you're, you're more excited about Zimmerman than Scott is. I know Scott's worried about the playing time. Very genuine concern. What do you think about Zimmerman? 58% owned. Well, I mean, we've seen him on hot streaks before and he's clearly in the middle of one right now. And I think I'd probably just write it. I expect the Nationals will probably just write it as well. Looking at his schedule for this week, he has, I think, one lefty on the schedule, but he has seven games. So I think you're probably getting five games worth of plate appearances out of him. Okay. So worth starting this week and hitting well. All right. I, yeah, I'd, I'd start him certainly if I needed a corner infielder and in points leagues, it's just going to depend on what you have on your team. Well, who do you like better? Jake Bowers or Ryan Zimmerman? I'd start Bowers this week and it's, t- that's tough for me to say, but it, that's barely. Okay. Heath, would you start Jose Barrios in a fictional start at Boston? Well, if I had your pitching staff, <laughs> I would. If I had Scott's pitching staff, I would not. Okay. See, yeah. Scott has a hard time relating to the everyday man who has good hitting and suspect pitching. I, I thought I had good pitching. Maybe. But well, you traded DeGrom away. That didn't help. I traded DeGrom for Goldschmidt. I got Carlos Martinez and Tyler Skaggs on the DL, and this is what I'm left with. Uh, boy, Skaggs. It's, I feel bad for Skaggs because he had such a good year in these last two starts where he was obviously contending with injury. Yeah. <laughs> We're so ugly. So bad. That his ERA is up near four now. It, it rose a full run. Sleeper. Because of those two starts. 2019 sleeper, Tyler Skaggs. Yeah. Uh, Alright, more on the most added list. Austin Hedges, Ryan Barucki. What's up with Ryan Barucki? Is he a two-star pitcher, Yucky Barucki? Yeah, at Kansas City and then at the Yankees. So, you know. He's only 36% down, so. Hunter I'd start Renfro, Lopez. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Renfro, Framil Reyes, they're still both under 25% owned. Oh, Tuki Toussaint. Is he going to start this week for the Braves? He is. He's starting part of their doubleheader today, and I don't. Th- well, I guess Anibal Sanchez. Uh, they determined he's okay. Had a uh, bruised calf, I believe, that got him removed from his last start. 
so I guess there there probably isn't an opening if Toussaint pitches well. But he's a guy who, like, you probably remember a couple years ago, there was a gif making the rounds of this minor league pitcher throwing this ridiculous curveball, and that was Tuki Toussaint. He's the pitcher the Braves famously got from the Diamondbacks. Um, it, they basically uh, took on, brought the rest of Bronson Arroyo's contract to get Tuki Toussaint from the Diamondbacks. And he's had a really good minor league season with a lot of strikeouts. Control's always been an issue for him, but it hasn't been as bad this year. Definitely interesting. Uh, if he dominates, maybe they find a spot for him. It's a little premature to pick him up, though? Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's take a look at the news and notes here. Oakland center fielder Ramon Laureano made an unbelievable defensive play. He made a running catch in the basically like left center field. It's closer to center, but like kind of in the gap. Then he made a 321-foot throw to first base for a double play. Best play I saw this weekend. Amazing. Uh, that was an incredible throw. Like a, a strike. Yes. Like the first baseman was catching a ball from, you know, the second baseman, basically. But I, I am totally on board with saying this was the greatest throw I've seen all year. Just let's not go too far and say it's the greatest throw of all time because we who all said know who that. Who said that? What's that? Who said that? Oh, that was on Twitter this weekend. Oh, Twitter. Who had the greatest throw of all time? Bo Jackson? It's clearly Bo Jackson throwing out Harold Reynolds from the wall at home. Yeah. I am trying to find... Did you guys see... uh, Did you see... No, forget it. Forget it. Josh Donaldson ramping up intensity of his workouts. He's almost ready. No, he's not. Hold on for one more week. Uh, You got Herbis (laughs) Salarte... He's got to need a lengthy rehab assignment, right? He's got to get some of the bats then. Yeah, yeah, but he's ramping it up. You got Harvest Lardy on the DL. Will Myers played some third base in his rehab assignment. Uh, Francisco Cervelli, so we dropped, uh, Scott and I, you just heard it on the air, we dropped Trumbo to pick up Danny Jansen, the catcher for the Blue Jays, probably to start him over Cervelli, possibly to start him over Cervelli, because Cervelli took a foul tip off the face mask. They sat him on Sunday for precautionary reasons. He's dealt with concussions. You gotta be careful if you're the Cervelli owner. You might need a backup plan. Luke did Weaver. You, uh, did you yeah. happen to hear that Max, Mac Williamson went back on the minor league DL with concussions? That's, when he, when he was getting all that momentum early on, it was a concussion that derailed him and now he's back with a concussion. So, and, and Clint Frazier's had yeah. troubles with that all year. It's sad. Yeah, it is. Scary stuff. Uh, Luke Weaver was scratched from his Sunday start with a cut finger and he's got one start against the Brewers. So he's on my bench. Brandon Belt expected back on Tuesday. Anthony Rendon has missed two straight games with a sore wrist. I think he pinch hit yesterday, Rendon. Uh, Marcus Stroman's interesting. He pitched very well, but he removed himself from the game because of his blister. He didn't want it to flare up. He couldn't throw his breaking pitches. And now, uh, you know, and now Stroman, I'm trying to find his matchup. He's got, oh, he's at, at, at the, the Yankees, Yankees, right? Yeah, I think, I think it's easy to get away from him this week at That's the it. Yankees. Uh, let's see. Zach Eflin was sent to AAA, but he will not miss a start. They did some clever maneuvering there for Eflin. Don't worry about that. Wilson Ramos began a rehab assignment. You might want to pick up Eduardo Rodriguez. He's making good progress. He threw a bullpen session, and Eduardo Rodriguez might be able to help you late in the year. Hunter Strickland is eligible to come off the DL in five days. Don't know what that means for Will Smith. And Danny Duffy is pitching through an injury. He has shoulder stiffness. He may not make his next start. His velocity has been down. He's being a trooper, but Danny Duffy's got Toronto this week, and it just you can't trust them with the injury situation. Nope. Uh, other hitters, are you interested in adding? Well, let's just give a hat tip to Ronald Guzman, who homered three times on Friday, but he just doesn't play enough. So he's not fantasy relevant. But did you is know Ronald that was Guzman better than Greg Bird? Yes, everybody is. But did you know that Guzman <laughs> is? His parents or his dad was at the game on Friday. I, the first, I didn't know that. The first game his dad ever saw him play in person. He had three home runs. Dad needs to show up more often. He's afraid of flying. Uh, but it's a very cool story. Uh, let's see. Jackie Bradley. He's been very good. Jackie Bradley. Any interest? Still hitting around 210, right? 218, Scott, give him credit. Oh, man. No, not a lot of interest. Are you going to sit Scooter Jeanette? Or are you going to sit D. Gordon this week? Um, well, certainly if you're looking for steals, you're not going to sit D. Gordon. D. Gordon um, sat on Sunday. He's been batting ninth. 
Yeah. If, uh, I mean, I, I could see Scooter sitting Scooter Jeanette if you had a really good alternative at the second base. I don't think his shoulder's right. He's just been awful since the All-Star break. So that's, that's something I could see doing. If, if you have the depth for it, which, you know, second base isn't the deepest of the infield positions. Maybe not. And studs being studs, part one. Man, I got a lot of pitchers to talk about. Here we go. Max Scherzer and Chris Sale, amazing. Carlos Carrasco, since coming off the DL, the guy's been on fire. Uh, and he gets Baltimore this week. And he's got an awesome schedule down the stretch. <laughs> so he's going to finish strong. Yeah. Do you trust Blake Snell this week, Heath, at the Yankees? He might pitch six or seven innings in this start if he, you know, if he gets there. I'm probably starting Blake Snell, but I don't know if trust is the right word. I mean, at the Yankees, it's a little bit better when you're a left-handed starter than it is when you're a righty, but it's still not a good place to pitch, and you've got the I concerns mean, over how deep he's going to pitch. They got, they're, they're still without two of their biggest hitters. Yeah, their lineup right? is not even... Yeah, but I, don't, I don't feel like they're that tough of a matchup right now. And Snell was perfect in five innings in his return. I'm I'm definitely starting him. He was perfect. That was crazy. They, they just didn't feel quite comfortable extending him yet, but hopefully six or seven innings at the Yankees. Uh, Dallas Is this Keuchel. his second start back or yeah. his first start back? Second. It was his second start back, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, seven or more innings in five of his last eight starts. I mean, he's been pretty good lately. Uh, anything to say about him? He's at Oakland this week. Dallas Keuchel. Start him. Okay. Yeah. That works. Yeah. We've been, we haven't been starting him very often in the For the People podcast league, Adam. Yeah, I know. And it's been working. I bet you wish you had. No, we couldn't well, possibly be on a better run right now. Because starting pitching is useless in this league. But we do have That's, him in the lineup this, this week. Like, if, if it's starting pitching that doesn't get strikeouts feels pretty close to useless in a head to head categories league. So. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't get strikeouts, so I don't know. I don't know that to call him must start. Uh, let's see. All right, studs being studs, part two. How many of these guys do you consider must starts? Kyle Freeland, Cole Hamels, Jack Flaherty, Kyle Hendricks, and David Price. Kyle Freeland, Cole Hamels, Jack Flaherty, Kyle Hendricks, and David Price. Must starts? Yeah. Uh, Flaherty and Price. Yep. Okay. Hamels. Uh, Pretty interesting. You know, he has, he's maybe another good starter two away from joining that group as a member of the Cubs. All right, well, let's play starter sit for week 21. Kyle Freeland at Atlanta. Uh, be inclined to sit. Uh, Cole Hamels at Pittsburgh. I'd start him. Yep. Jack Flaherty at Washington, yes. Yep. Kyle Hendricks at Pittsburgh. I'll probably start him. Yeah, probably. And David Price, revenge game against the Rays, we're starting him. Yep. Studs being studs, part three. Yeah, a lot of pitchers. Zach Wheeler, Carlos Rodon. They have great matchups. Wheeler's at Baltimore, Rodon's at Detroit. Walker Bueller staying in the rotation at Seattle this week. And Julio Tehran gets Colorado at home. Uh, Wheeler, Rodon, Bueller, Tehran. Oh, like the rhyming there. How would you <laughs> rank them rest of season? I will go Wheeler, Rodon, Bueller, Tehran. Hey. Yeah, and the three at the top of that list are in a different tier for me than Tehran is, for sure. So is Zach Wheeler really, really good? He's got a 260 ERA and, a, and a, more than a strikeout printing in his last 10 starts. I don't think he's really, really good, but I think he's really good. All right. I think he's How good. Do you like that? Distinction. <laughs> Studs being duds, part one. Tanaka. That's Tanaka for you. Three home runs allowed against Texas on Friday, six runs in five innings. Jake Arietta and John Lester were both terrible this weekend, and Lester, in his last nine starts, has a 7.51 ERA. What is going on with John Lester and Arietta and Tanaka? <laughs> That's Tanaka for you. It is. Sounds like a good name for like a sitcom. That's, that's Tanaka. Yep. I see. I yeah. hear it. Yeah, you see it. Well, you see that. Back. Uh, that's Tanaka. That's, I mean, that's the analysis of Tanaka, right? Yeah. Like. For me. 
Some days he just gets burned with home runs. Some days he strikes out the world. But I do That's rank him ahead of the other two. You. Yeah, but he's number one on the list. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can you start Arietta against the Mets? Can you, you can't start sure. Lester. You can't start Lester can't against start a minor league team right now. Lester's the low man and Tanaka's the high man. All right. Studs being duds part two. These guys are all 84% or 80% owned or more. Should they be less than that? Nate Evaldi, Chase Anderson, Freddie Peralta, and Dylan Bundy. Hmm. I don't think Nate Evaldi should be 90% owned. He's either really, he really be? good or terrible. He is the one I want second on this list, though. And the one I want most is Bundy. So what does that say? The one I'd I want. Go Bundy, Bundy, Evaldi, Anderson, Peralta. I'll go Bundy, Peralta, Anderson, Evaldi. I wonder if Peralta's gonna get bumped from the rotation. Davies is maybe one rehab start away from coming back. He may be yeah. pitching for his job in the rotation against the Cardinals this week. Peralta? There hasn't been a lot to like about Peralta recently. Are you gonna start Dylan Bundy at Cleveland this week? I do no. not want to. No. Studs being something in between studs and duds. Only two guys here. Aaron Nola and Robbie Ray. Nola with six scoreless innings. Just want to point out, strikeouts are down lately. Last five starts, 232 ERA for Nola, which is almost exactly what he is this season. 23 strikeouts and 31 innings. Uh, he did similar thing. The first six games of the year, he had 28 strikeouts and 38 and a third. The next 19 starts, he was at 126 strikeouts and 123 innings. And now he's back to not striking guys out so much. I don't know if that means anything to you for Nola. And then Robbie Ray, he's at San Diego this week. He was okay this this past weekend. Talk yeah, about him. Just not, just not good enough, even when he's good, Robbie Ray, to really get back to must-start territory for me. A lot of red flags there still. Yeah, I wouldn't call him must-start, but I'd probably start him at San Diego this week. What do you sure. think about Nola and the strikeouts? This is this a concern? I'm not worried about him at all. All right. Fringy starting pitchers part one. Zach Eflin. Sabathia. Well, I'm going to take Stroman and Duffy off this list since we don't want to start them this week. Luis Castillo. Kyle Gibson. Lance Lynn. Shane Bieber. Kevin Gosman. Eflin. Sabathia. Castillo, Gibson, Lynn, Bieber, Gosman. I'm going to make a statement. You tell me if you agree. Okay. The two players on this list that I would cut first out of Eflin, Sabathia, Castillo, Gibson, Lynn, Bieber, and Gosman are Sabathia and Castillo. I would say the two Yankees, Sabathia and Lynn. I agree with Heath. But Castillo would be next. Okay. I Yeah, you know what? Lynn would have been third. So then let's look at the rest of the group. Eflin, Gibson, Bieber, and Gosman. What do you think about that group? I'm more excited about Bieber and Gosman than I am Eflin and Gibson, but Gibson is the one that I feel most confident in just being good enough to be in your lineup. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they all mm-hmm. could be worth starting. Eflin's got the Mets this week. Gibson is Detroit this week. Gosman has Miami. Bieber's at Cincinnati. All right. Yeah, they all sound startable to me. I mean, Cincinnati's without uh, – I mean, Jeanette's not looking good anymore, and Votto's been banged up, so there may not be much in that lineup to fear anymore. Yeah. I mean, Votto's back, but he's just not playing well. Yeah. Fringy starting pitcher's part, duh. Do you want any of these guys on your team? Joe Musgrove, Trevor Cahill, Clay Buckholtz, Mike Leake, Trevor Williams, Matt Boyd, Wade LeBlanc, Musgrove, Cahill, Buckholtz, Leake, Trevor Williams, Boyd, and LeBlanc. There's, to me, two names that stand out here apart from the others, and that's Musgrove and Cahill, in spite of his struggles against the Angels. Doesn't completely crush my enthusiasm for him because he should – he should be really good at two of the three things a pitcher can control, which is ground uh, home runs by way of ground balls. And, well, I shouldn't say really good, but pretty good at strikeouts. 
Yeah, Musgrove is the only one that I'd really be excited about having my lineup this week, and that's just because I can start him as a Sparp. Um, I do agree Cahill has the most upside. I just, every time he does something like this, I start to think he's going to finish like he did last year. Cahill said he did not have his changeup in this start on Sunday, and that's a very important pitch for him. He got knocked around. He gets Houston at home this week. All right, Frenchy starting pitchers part three. Joey Lucchese, Mike Miner, Tyson Ross, Jake Junis, and Matt Harvey. Lucchese, hmm. Miner, Ross, Junis, and Harvey. Do you want any of these guys? I really don't. Maybe Miner is a spark, but he's kind of been on a run reminiscent of Derek Rodriguez. Not quite as good as Derek Rodriguez, but a lot of quality starts in a way that doesn't seem sustainable. I will start Miner against the Angels this week as a spark, especially without Trout. Okay. And uh, yeah, Lucchese has three starts this year of six innings, so yeah, never this more. Was, this was the first one since April 15th. And Harvey just had his first quality start in seven starts. Deep leagues, owned in less than 30% of leagues. Edwin Jackson, again. Derek Holland was bad, but he's been pretty solid this year. Jordan Zimmerman, Anthony DiSclefani, Alex Cobb, Austin Gomber, Wei-Yin Chen, and Jacob Nix. Uh, Jacob Nix, I don't think, is entirely somebody to Nix? ignore. Nix, say Nix. Knicks. Like you Nix it. Oh. Yeah, right. You, yeah, I set myself up for a nice pun there. Yeah, you did. And I finished it. Uh, Team scam. Really good control pitcher in the minors. Doesn't miss a lot of bats. So, you know, four strikeouts in six innings. I don't know that that's going to change too much. But if you're, if you're as good of a strike thrower as he is, there's at least a chance you could be decent. So. That's that's who I'm monitoring of this group. Jacob Nix. And I just want you to know, Heath, Edwin Jackson has not given up a run in his last three starts. Thank you for informing me of that. You don't care? Fun facts with Edwin Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick on these emails. Shane in Dallas. Dear Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Spider-Man. I would clearly be Ant-Man in this group. I'm in a points league. Evan Gaddis was over 15 with four strikeouts last week. What are we going to do about – what are we going to do about this guy? Evan Gaddis. We're going to keep starting him because his upside for the catcher position is so much higher than most. I have a slight fear with Evan Gaddis. Not for this week. They did sit him and DH'd Tyler White for one game this weekend. If he continues to struggle, I, I wonder if they do that more and more. Not every day, but more when Altuve gets back. It's It's... Fair to be worried about that, but if it happens, if he's sitting two out of every five games at DH, then he's on par with most catchers. This is an email from No Name. Rest of season, pick two from this group. Stroman, Cahill, Weaver, Bueller, Eflin, Glassnow. Stroman, Cahill, Weaver, Bueller, Eflin, Glassnow. Points League. I'll take the two Sparps, Bueller and Glasnow. I'll take Eflin and Bueller. Eflin Bueller. And I, I just want to say, like, Marcus Stroman, not this week at the Yankees, but if he's healthy, he's really, really good in a points league. He is getting so many ground balls. He's pitching great. I just, it's a shame with this blister. Not that I'm yep. disagreeing with you guys. I just want to point, I don't, I don't want to completely shut down Marcus Stroman. I know I, no. I removed him from the previous group, but just because I of think, that. I think Stroman, we, sorry. Stroman, Bueller, Eflin, and Glass now should be owned in almost all points leagues. And Cahill and Weaver, they're the two fringies. Dylan from Michigan. Should I drop Wilson Contreras for Austin Hedges? No. No. Jason in Windsor, Deer Hamburger, Fries, and Soda. Ah, combo. I've had like one soda in the past five years, maybe. Wow. I only have soda when I get a hamburger and fries. Fast food is the only time I have soda, and I try to do it as little as possible. Someone in my league wants to trade Bryce Harper. Should I offer him Stanton for Harper? Basically, who would you rather have, Stanton or Harper? I would rather have Harper. Harper. False. False? Come on. Are you guys seeing what Stanton's doing? Well, he is. Harper's pretty hot. In the second half himself. I, uh, yeah, I, they're both incredibly hot right now, but 
They're ha- they're so Hansel right now. Uh, this is from uh, No Name again. Rank these first basemen rest of season: Muncie, Olson, Will Myers, Bauer, Boers. Oh no, <laughs> Boer Bowers. Pardon me. Muncie, Olson, Myers, Boer Bowers. Boers. Double check the okay. Muncie Muncie homered a couple times this weekend. I know one was off the bench. Uh, he started three straight games at first base and four out of five. So that's good. Um, I will go, I will go, I, I think I still want Muncie most of this group. And then I'll go Myers second in a roto league. I'll go Bowers second in a point. This is league. a weekly points league. Okay. So I will go Muncie, Bowers, Myers, and Olsen. And who cares about Boar? Cause he's not going to play much anymore. Boring. He's such, he's such a bore. Yep. Yep. Heath, you cool with that order? I am cool with that order, yes. I might consider Olsen over Myers. And last thing I want to say before I send everybody away, just check out the play that Didi Gregorius made on Delano to Shields' ground ball. It was amazing. Didi's the best. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Tuesday, everybody. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention, thank you for helping us get nominated on podcastawards.com. You're the best. See ya. Yeah. Woo!